Hey, this is Marison. This is another episode of uh, my little podcast uh, project. Good grief, 100 days. And uh, I wanted to um, just have a chat about the creative process and how how I do things anyway. And um, I guess my thoughts on a few... Uh, few things about creativity so um, I'm intrigued by the path of a thought that initially is uh, kicked off by hearing something that somebody might say or you see and then you process it and then you end up with a an opinion or a, an idea and two people may see the same thing or hear the same thing and evaluate it and come up to it with a totally different outcome so uh, it's really uh, obviously clear in humor where some people will say something and some people will just get it others just don't get it and um, the same comes with uh, creativity and uh, you know someone will see a stick and somebody else will see a a magic wand or something you know I don't know I'm just uh, throwing out some silly ideas but I, I just uh, wanted to tell you what I've been doing um, because when you uh, go through uh, the level of grief that we have as a family and uh, individually for the loss of Buster um, you just want to turn that mind off because if you're alone with your thoughts um, it's a dangerous place to be and so um, I got uh, on quite early on in the piece to uh, listening to uh, multiple podcasts and on another edition of this I'll, I'll tell you some of the various ones that have influenced me but I don't want to get too sideswiped for this one um, so uh, what do I do? I, I, so I'll listen to something and what I've started to do is if I hear something and it sort of touches a spot I'll stop and write it down or I'll record it on my phone and then over the course of, uh, let's say I'm going for a bike ride or a walk, I'll gather a number of these different thoughts together and it just flows, you know, it sort of like pops into my head. Otherwise, you know, your thoughts come and go and they just dissipate and you move on and, and, and you've done nothing with them. And that's okay. It's like some people that do the uh, writing when they wake up first thing in the morning, they might journal, put things down and uh, may or may not use that. Uh, initial thought that their first waking thought uh, for anything but they may it might I think songwriters do the similar thing always got a pad by the side of the bed and um, so this has been a really intriguing process and it's saying I've been really conscious of I'll, um, I'll be riding along hear something it'll create a spark and uh, I'll write it down or I'll record it I've got a, 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 a compilation of, of, of things I go home and listen to it, I jot it all down, and then it gives me a, a bit of a thread. And um, I don't write it down word verbatim, I'm not reading this off anything, obviously. Uh, I just have a couple of little footnotes that I put on a pad and chucked at the side of the van. Um, when I tried to do this before not being in the van, sitting in my room, it sounds really contrived. The, the atmosphere is really pretty. Um, pretty lame and uh, poor and the um, audio is really flat so 
this Volkswagen Transporter studio that I have. <laughs> it's great. Because I'm watching the road, I just turned a corner and a bottle of zero alcohol beer just tipped all over the seat, so I had to start again. But um, other than the car stinks of, of beer at the moment, um, all was good. So, um, okay, I wanted to explain about a book that I read when my kids were really little. And I came across an Enid Blyton book called The Wishing Chair. And it was about a, an old chair that was in an antique shop. And um, these kids were out shopping and ended up in the antique shop to buy a present for someone, I assume. And uh, this chair um, was magic and um, took them on adventures in a nutshell. That's what happened. So um, off of that story, it became the basis for my kid's story to my kids for... I reckon six or seven years and there wouldn't have been many nights that we wouldn't have had a Jimmy and Mary story and um, <clears throat> this is what I'm talking about the pathway of a thought so my um, my characters <clears throat> I guess but probably like Buster and Millie they, they, they shared a room that's what they did at the time and um, the, uh, the theme of the story was that the fairies and the pixies lived at the bottom of the garden in an oak tree and would come up to the house and then um, tap on the window and then the adventures would begin. There was a, uh, a magic carpet that would sit under the bed, roll out and take them on adventures and uh, when, uh, when we'd go in and the request was for a story tell us a story and we would go on our adventures now I've never written these down to any with any success but I loved getting inside the characters and, and these different adventures that they would have there was always a good outcome but it was uh, a lovely journey to share with the family uh, my children I mean and uh, it was just uh, all sparked because of that one story um, uh, I mean, my mum used to read me stories when I was little, and she would just make them up on the spot. They'd be all different ones. There was no theme. And then when I listened to my mum telling the kids their stories, uh, her stories, um, uh, the kids found it hard to follow because the characters kept changing. So we had the same characters. Uh, they'd go to the same place. You know, you, you get tap on the window by a, a bad fairy or a, a pixie, and there'd be trouble in fairyland. And the next thing they'd end up at the bottom of the garden head into the oak tree you know one flight down for fairyland and two flights down for pixie land and then they'd go on their adventure uh, if <coughs> that didn't happen the magic carpet would roll out from under the bed and it just lift up and they'd both jump on it and the next thing they would be flying across the sea over mountains and hillsides and uh, uh, go on a, an epic journey so um, very cool Oh, I loved telling them these stories. I loved the fact that they loved them so much. And I loved the fact that we found something that was a connection that they just uh, wanted to continue to go back to. And, um, yeah, it was a, a big part of our, our lives and they're growing up. So really magical stuff. And... Uh, 
Yeah, kids' stories are something I really like to do. We also wrote a book uh, called The Magic Box about a... Um, so Zoe um, wrote the words and I drew the pictures. It was about a magic box that would turn into a plane, a train, a tent, um, all sorts of things. And um, I don't know when you were a little, if you played with the box, but I know I did. And um, the kids related to that as well. So other creative things we're doing was um, related to some of these illustrations that I've been doing. And one <clears throat> line that I came up with, which was based on how I was feeling pretty low and feeling a bit lost. And then I just come up with this phrase, you're not lost, you're here. Now, maybe somebody else has come up with it and I didn't know it, but I drew it out. And, and since then, I've sort of been thinking about that a lot because you feel quite displaced and... Um, I do like the idea of um, coming up with a batch of these stickers and sticker bombing everything, maybe put a QR code on it and then maybe it uh, um, connects people to this podcast, I don't know, but I don't think it's such a daft idea. I thought that was a really good idea anyway. Um, yeah, so I won't go on anymore, I just wanted to uh, thank you guys for for listening and um I wanted to thank uh, Susie Powell, Hold Fast Tattoos, who's been a real supporter of my um, Scar and British Music events over the years, sponsored some of our shows, given away free <coughs> tattoos, and uh, her and the Harrington Warriors, they'll all know who they are, some of them will be listening to this. Thank you so much for your kindness and friendship, and um, 